Welcome to Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas sports podcast. I am your host, Zachary Kerr. And I'm Steve. What's going on, man? What's going on, bud? How are you today? Oh, another day. Another day? Well. So, I'm going to jump right into this, and, and uh, this is episode one of the brand new podcast, and I'm excited about this. I Pre- appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good season. I, I'm going to tell you now, the out- outtakes are going to be hilarious. I think we've already made a few. I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been recording, what, about 10 minutes, and we just now made it through the first you know, intro? We have more time of outtakes than we do of actual podcasts. <laughs> yep, yep, a little bit. It's okay. So, um, okay, so we've got a very special guest coming on. Um, he'll be on in just a few minutes, but I, 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 we've got fall camp starting in about a week, okay? That's the biggest outtake, out takeaway. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, coming into the season that you're looking at. Boy, that's tough. I think this season is going to be so hard to judge just because we want to see we want to see effort. We want to see this team not quit. We want to see this team play four quarters. Um, so to me, really, effort. I want to see these guys, these younger guys, how much they're going to step up. Um, and, and really, to me, obviously, outside of quarterback, you know, what's going to happen at linebacker? I think is the big question. Um, from camp perspective, that's what I want to see is what's coming out of that linebacker position because I think we're one injury away on the linebacker side from a really bad season. Yeah, I agree. The one I'm looking at is the offensive line. I mean, that was where the biggest problems were for us last year. Uh, the wide, I'm sorry, the uh, the line, offensive line was just they weren't creating the holes. They weren't. I mean, they the quarterback protection was just ridiculous. And it and it it comes down. It's not a single person. It's just as a unit, there was no leadership. There was no heart. And you could tell that towards the end of the season, they just let go of the rope. Well, and there was never even a cohesive unit, though. You never knew what which five were starting every every Saturday, so it didn't really matter. I mean, you could throw, we could sit here, and, and there could be a ton of talent there, but there's we don't know who they are. We don't know who the five together are. You know, um, it was good to see Fry come out with a "This is my five for camp." I want to see these guys get beat out. There's some young guys that's going to be behind them. There's some big JUCO guys that are behind them. Um, so to me, that's a plus. I like to see that. Because last year, I think he just came out and said, it's it's every man for their own. Let's see who shows up on game one. And I, I think it's a little different, which is good. It should be year two. But uh, the offensive line is important. If that offensive line struggles, again, same as the linebacker position, they're going to be in a lot of trouble this year. Well, you and two, I don't think we ever settled on a actual quarterback last year. You know, going in, <clears throat> you know, going into the season, though, it was, it was clear that they had, that the coaching staff had a game plan. All right, this is how we're going to do it. The problem was, I don't think the players understood, or even still, they. It was it to me. It almost looked like they they had bit off more than they can chew at some at, at one point. I don't disagree. I think again, the last couple of games of the year kind of showed you that. You know, you saw where and I always quits the wrong word, but some guys let go of the rope. You know, you yeah. Could tell oh yeah. It was the end of the year. It was it was that. You know, what do we, what do we got to play for at this point? Uh, I think pride went out the door a long time before that. It was just kind of. You know, let's see what happens to finish out the year. So, I don't – you know, it, it's tough to go back off of last year and, and bring that team to this year and what the coaching staff yeah. bit off because you, know, you look at the turnover. I think in year – as the as this team goes into year two, I think I saw the other day that the roster's like 57% Chad Morris guys in year two. Yeah, but 50 – I think that he said 52% or 52 players were uh, nothing but freshmen, whether that be uh, uh, walk-ons. True freshman or redshirt freshman right. at this point. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, and that's obviously you have a lot of youth, and no one wants to talk about the youth word. No one wants to hear that because oh, it's yeah. college football. It is what it is. You either play or you don't. But in, I don't know. In my opinion, when you look at, at what they've brought in, and, and it's going to be a young nucleus, but it's still 
Morris, no, the fans can't. We, we as fans can't go. Well, this isn't Morris's team anymore. This is Morris's team. It was Morris's team day one last year, but it's really Morris's team right now. When you talk about where the roster's at, you know, and, that, and that's that's the one thing that bothers me is everybody's like, well, these aren't these aren't Morris's players, and this isn't Morris's team. The minute he stepped foot on that podium during that press conference in December of eighteen, after Brett Bielema got fired, that was his team. That's true. Absolutely. That was his team. Yeah, I agree. It's, to an extent, I can see the argument. Because from my perspective, he didn't recruit those players. He knew what he was coming into. He made it a point when he took the job and they interviewed him that he made the point that this team, that this was his team, these were his players, this was his guys, and they were going to ride and die, which you, you don't have a choice. He made the point that he looked through video of, of and looked just hours upon hours of video of the team that we had already. So he knew what he was getting into. He knew, I, you know, but you can't come out and say that it's just not going to be a good year. Um, but, again, I, at the same time, he didn't recruit those guys and the attitudes of some of those guys were bent towards Bielema. And as much as you try to change somebody in the way that they do their day-to-day, it may not change it. What did you think about um, that quote that came out on Twitter a few weeks ago? I just lost my mic. You're back. Yep, there I am. <clears throat> well, yeah, what did you think about that that uh, uh, quote on Twitter? Which one? The one where, where the anonymous one that came out and said that he's not a, a team player, that he only – the players only seen when the cameras are rolling and things like that. What did you think about that? See, I'm curious who the hey, – I'm not really curious. I don't care. It, it, <coughs> it would be interested on source-wise. I would. It would be interesting to know who said that, I guess, to an extent, just because I don't like a, uh, this faceless name of, you know, oh, well, this is what happened in the locker room. We don't well, my thing is, is if you're going if, if to say something like that, own up to it. Even yeah, if absolutely. you're a former player, just own up to it. Yeah, because, I mean, I, that's important. I mean, as fans, we sit here and we watch the program, and all we can see is the family. Well, we Again, you know, the, I think the excitement when he was brought on was you look at Clemson and the family atmosphere yeah. that they have oh, built yeah. at Clemson. It's huge. It's amazing to see what they do. So you hope that what Morris preaches is what he does. Now, again, I, I, I'd be curious to know, again, was that more of a, you know, Morris isn't here to be our friend, whereas Brett was more of a friend kind of coach. Yeah. He was our buddy. Morris is here. He's here working. Like, he may preach family, but he's working. But at the same time, I can be a pretty hard-headed, stubborn dad and tell you what to do, and and you listen, and we're still a family. You just may not like what I have to say. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think, and, and I, I totally agree with that. But at, at the general public, now, you know, family members of the student-athletes, relatives of the student-athletes, that kind of thing, know more than we do. And there's some things that the general public, media, fans, what have you, don't need to know and really don't know mm-hmm. and have no idea what's going on. In this day and age of, of, of information being anywhere and everywhere you want it, though, that's what you get. It's unfortunate, but we as fans think that we should have access to everything. And honestly, I think if we had access to everything, we'd A, be a little embarrassed about what we saw and heard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and there'd probably be some offended people just because, this. I mean, this is – these are men playing a game. There's a lot of craziness that happens out there. Things are said, and some people get their feelings hurt. Some people don't know how to take it. Well, and and we started getting uh, messages on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash Nat State Sports. I'm on Twitter at RazorbackZach1. Uh, we started getting messages three games in. Well, Coach Morris, fire Coach Morris. He can't do this. Bench this guy. No, we're three games in. Now, once it hit North Texas, and, and we all know that fiasco, I started getting worried. I was like, there's no way. We showed a little bit of life in, at A&M down in right. Dallas. We, I still think we could have won that game, but Ty Story got scared. And he, that's where that pick came from. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I wholeheartedly think that was a, a 
just a, hey, I'm scared. I'm going to let go of the ball. Yeah. Oh, he did. There's but, no question. I mean, put somebody else back there. John Stephen Jones, Connor Nolan. Um, who's the walk-on? Jack Lindsay. Put anybody back there with that offensive line, they're going to do the same thing. <laughs> and, I mean, last year was almost unfair to those quarterbacks. As much as – and I don't, I don't hold I, – I can't talk bad about any of them because they were put in an unfair situation when you think about it. Brand-new system. Everything they had to learn was new. Not only that, those quarterbacks learned a new system literally every year they were on campus. Yeah. Because they changed staffs almost that often. So these guys come in, and then for some unspeakable reason, Brett Bielema recruits at a ridiculously bad level on the offensive line, which is amazing to think about. And there you are. You, you get these guys that stuff well, on the field last year, and it's, it, it, was, it was a recipe for a disaster. For a disaster. You caught SEC media days, media days right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Peter Burns and who the old, old Alabama quarterback? Um, oh, um, McCarron? No, not McCarron. No, it wasn't McCarron. It was it was somebody else. But they were sitting there trying to you know they were, Arkansas was there that day. Um, we hadn't t- yet taken the podium, and um, you know they they were talking about where was the downfall of the Razorbacks? Because you know 2010, 2011 with Bobby Petrino, we were you know top five in the country. Mm-hmm. They attribute that to uh, A&M coming into the conference. You know, when they're in the Big 12, everybody wants to play the Power 5. Arkansas is the closest school. You know, it was a tie between Arkansas and LSU. All right, everybody right. won. You know, but Arkansas had the facilities, okay? Now, you fast forward, A&M comes into the, into the uh, SEC. Hey, we've got an SEC school now in the state of Texas. Everybody wants to go there and stay home. I, I, I guess I, I don't. Dis, I don't agree with that, though. I don't think that that's a. I don't think that was the stumbling point for Arkansas. I, we were recruiting at the same. We recruited at the same level, other than this this kind of lapse where Bielema was here and whatever the reason why we whatever the reason we recruited so poorly in that time frame, especially. I'll give you a wise. hint. I'll give you a hint. If you play the spread offense, <laughs> we're gonna kick your. Can I say ass? We're going to kick your ass. We're going to kick your ass. That's basically the quote. Was he, said, he said, if, if you come into our house and, we, and you play the spread, we're going to kick your ass. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. They came in on our play the spread, and we got our ass kicked. That's right. And, and so, but you don't say that in front of a, a, a high, Texas High School Coaches Association when you're trying to recruit players right. out of the state of Texas. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, that was the biggest downfall. The, again, the recruiting. The downfall, obviously, for Arkansas started when a motorcycle drove in a ditch and momentum went down the drain. Well, so did a blonde, for that matter. But we're not going to go there. <laughs> well, you know, we're not going to go there. Some, haven't we all seen a blonde? We'd ride in a ditch. Anyway, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this took an uh, unbelievable turn, didn't it? Oh, man. So. Um. <laughs> Sorry, Will. I couldn't. You're going to have to edit that out, aren't you? Okay. This is true. Yeah. I've heard, I have heard reports of that. I've, that it wasn't the ditch. It yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, but to me again. So going back to the point, I think that from that, you know, obviously that was a big point where this program took a massive turn in the wrong direction. Yeah. And then you hire a guy who has zero SEC experience and walks in here and says, "We're going to beat Bama the way Bama plays. We're going to do this." And then he now I will say he he did come close one year. He did. He did. We lost by what one point? Yes. 20, 21, 20, whatever it was. Yeah, it was like 13, yeah. 14, 13, 21, 20, something so, like that. So, so, I mean, he did, and he had a few moments, and we never, outside of the last couple, I don't guess we got blown out too bad by Bama until the end, the last couple. I will there. say, and I've said this before uh, many, many times, 
and and until we beat Bama, I can actually say this now. Um, we were the only SEC school to put the most points on Alabama last year. Now, granted, we got beat by as many, and that was 31. I think the final score was 65-31. But up until the playoffs, we were the one that put the most points up on yeah. Alabama. And, and that's the offense that we need to see this year. That there were Well, not, not, that, the, not that bad. Well, we need to see that offense that moved the ball in that where they used the tight end. That was the that was the uh, the the Hudson Henry game. That yeah. was the game where they said, "Look, Hudson, you're coming here. And we're going to show you why." Because he was at Stanford that weekend, and they knew they were going to blow the ball up to to, to Hudson. That oh yeah, to to the tight ends that week. So that's what you got to do. And do they have those pieces this year? That's another very interesting point coming out of camp. Is what is the tight end situation? See, that's the thing. Everybody's sitting there, and and, and you can listen to the radio, you can read it online, you can do whatever, and. Everybody says, "Oh, we're gonna go nine and three. We're gonna go eight and four. We don't know a thing <laughs> no. until three o'clock on August thirty first inside of Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. We won't even know anything coming out of camp. I don't even care as long as we're one and zero oh after that day. Because if we're zero oh and one after that day, we got a lot of problems to to get through. Before yeah. The season's oh over. yeah. Well, and that kind of leads me into to what I wanted to jump into next was kind of a pre camp preseason." Uh, schedule breakdown. Okay. All right. So you start off on August 31st at Port, uh, against Portland State, and everybody knows that's going to be a warm-up game. You're not going to see much in the way of dynamic offense. You're not going to see much of the playbook. It's just going to be your run-of-a-mill tune-up game. So you're picking a loss, right? Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> if, if it's the same talent we had last year, right. well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately, I mean, I had hopes. Last year, we beat uh, the directional Illinois school, and I thought, okay, here we go. We're off and running, and we couldn't get up off can, the ground. Can I just say that's what I hate so much about a Portland State game? I don't. I know we got to play that game. I know it's a warm up game, but our fans get way out of whack about no matter what direction that game goes. If we beat this team seventy to nothing, our fans are going to be, like, oh man, we're going ten and two this year. It's going to happen. We're going to ten and two. When in reality, we even if we beat them sixty to nothing, you got to look at the stats. But if we if we if we win twenty one to fourteen, oh man, it's over. We're well, you remember you remember several, and I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna show my age kind of here. Um, the 2005 when we were in LA playing against U, U, uh, USC, they lit us up yeah. seventy to seventeen. <laughs> it wasn't a bad year. Though. No, no, I don't. Was, I think that record. Was your Mustang come in? What? what yeah, wasn't no, it? No, 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 no. That was the next year. Next year. Yeah, that was the next That's year. But. The, the the season the record for the season was not all that bad. Right. I think it was it was above five hundred, wasn't it? Were they not? Were they not? Were they no, that was the year we went five and seven. That was a down year for Houston Nutt. That's right, because it was the next year that Mustang took over. Yeah. Ran 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 off with it and yeah. left. Literally yeah. ran yeah, off. He, and where did he run off to? USC. Why not? USC, why not? Hey, why not? Why not? <laughs> but I mean, even still, I mean and, and the one thing that, that, that Hog fans, before we jump back into the schedule, the one thing Hog fans are wanting right now is that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Well, we all do. We haven't, we, <laughs> we, we haven't won in so long and haven't won, um, uh, haven't won anything big. Now, granted, we've been to the bowl game, you know, Texas Bowl, Belt Bowl, where we – Borderline erotic. Yeah. We the Belt Bowl where we were up 24 nothing at half and then crapped on ourselves in the, the second half. That seemed to happen. Um, but that's what the that's what the guys need, you know. That's what that's what fans want. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I I can I mean we all want the wins. We all want them to come now. 
Um, and, and of course, a big win early in the season would be huge. So, and we're going to talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas sports podcast. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas sports podcast. Uh, we are joined by phone uh, with Andrew Hutchinson of Hogbeat.com. He can you can find him on Twitter at NWA Hutch. Hutch, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. Can't complain. Football season's right around the corner. Now, how excited are you on a scale from one to ten about football? You know, I, I love every season equally. I'll be super excited when basketball seasons roll around and when baseball seasons roll around, of course. But but football, it's just it's a little bit different. You know, you, you you're coming off summer and everything, and you it's talking season, as Steve Spurrier calls it. So uh, I, I'm just super pumped to have something to write about, something to talk about, some real-life football to watch. So I, I would sound probably a 10 just on excitement level, uh, just for, for football in general. So what did you go? You went to SEC media days, right? I did. I made the trip to Hoover just for Arkansas Day, though. Right. What What did you – do you have any takeaway from, from what uh, uh, Coach Morris or any of the players said? Yeah, I mean, the, really, the, it was it was basically what I kind of expected. I mean, Chad's gonna he he doesn't really he he's mastered the art of talking without saying a whole lot. Uh, you know, SEC football coaches have a knack at that, and uh, he he really you know he preached the whole you know we're gonna be better in year two, and just the the culture's a lot better. Uh, just from just from sheer news items. Uh, it was interesting that he he said that he wants to get a quarterback name sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, last year, if you remember, Ty Story, Cole Kelly, those were the the quarterback battle lasted probably four weeks into the regular season. It sounds like that's not what they want to do this year. They want to get a guy, you know, earlier uh, named. You know, that way they can kind of start developing chemistry there, and, and I think that will help. So uh, that was really kind of a the most interesting thing. Uh, from a newsy side of it, uh, to come out of uh, Hooper for me. What do you think, Andrew? As far as uh, as they come out of camp, I mean, obviously a big question on that quarterback position. But who do you think will rise above there? I mean, that's the obvious question everybody's going to want to know anyway. Yeah, I, I really think Ben Hicks has the lead right now. Uh, I think he'll probably be the week one starter, and you know, assuming uh, he plays well against Portland State, which whoever wins the job should play well in that game. So you, you assume they'll also start the Ole Miss game. And that one could – that game is the one that's going to tell us, like, hey, is this guy going to be able to play quarterback in the SEC or for the Arkansas Razorbacks? Obviously, we've seen Starfield play in the SEC. I think he's maybe the more talented guy. Plus, he's got two years of eligibility left. So if you can get him as a starting quarterback this year, you're going to have a returning quarterback next year. I just think there's a lot of value in that. Uh, whereas Ben Hicks is just a one-year guy. Uh, he does have the experience. He's gone through spring ball. He's played for Chad Morris at SMU. So he, he probably knows the offense better than anyone on the on the team. Uh, but I'm just not sure. You know, making a jump from the American to the SEC is pretty big. So uh, it would not surprise me if by week, I guess it's week five, when Arkansas plays A&M, if Nick Starkle is the, the quarterback. And if, if they're going to make a change, they'll probably make it the week before that, give them the start against San Jose State. That way he kind of has a, a practice-type game. That's a game Arkansas should win. Everyone remembers North Texas last year, but uh, North Texas was actually a good team last year. San Jose State is uh, 
not, not. <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, it would not surprise me if if, uh, if Nick Starkle eventually became the starting quarterback. And, and I do think we'll see four games worth of K.J. Jefferson as well. I just I cannot see them burning a red shirt when you got uh, two graduate transfer quarterbacks, you know, barring, you know, catastrophic injuries. Right. So, so what are you hoping to see out of fall camp? What's the number one thing you think that you'd like to see as we come out of fall camp? Well, the easy answer is that quarterback battle. I, I would like to see how they mesh with all the receivers. And, you know, I got to talk to Joe Craddock yesterday. Uh, they All the assistant coaches were available for interviews at the uh, Chad Morris' annual uh, media uh, coaches golf tournament. And uh, he kind of revealed that they're, they're doing an interesting way of dividing up reps. They're, they're both going to get basically equal reps. Uh, a lot more reps than last year. They've kind of tweaked how they're doing it. I uh, wrote a story about that on, on hogbeat.com if you want to go check that out. But uh, the, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how that goes. Uh, if we're a, put aside the quarterback ballots, that's going to be the number one thing any year. But the number two thing is I'm anxious to see how this offensive line shakes out. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have Peyton Manning or Tom Brady back there playing quarterback if the offensive line – is like it has been the last few years. They they really need some progress right there, and I'm anxious to see how Myron Cunningham fits in there. You know, Dustin Fry has said the starting offensive line penciled in. He, he emphasized penciled uh, for day one, which is Friday, uh, that it's going to be Colton Jackson uh, at left tackle, Austin Katz at left guard, Ty Clary at center, Shane Clinton at right guard, and Dalton Wagner at right tackle. But he did say... Myron Cunningham, the JUCO transfer, is going to get in that starting lineup somewhere. He's going to start out as the backup left tackle, but if Colton Jackson continues to progress the way they've seen, which they said he's made huge strides since last year, uh, that's one of those, I'll believe it when I see it, type deals. Uh, but if if they can't get him there, maybe it's right tackle, maybe it's a guard spot. There is some left guard he played last year. Uh, so I'm anxious to see how he fits in on the offensive line and just how the offensive line in general shakes out, uh, you know, now that they've actually got some options this year. You know, they've got, I think, 15, 16 scholarship offensive linemen, uh, whereas last year they had half of that right. uh, at, at any given time. So I'm anxious to see how that, how that shakes out, both the first and second units as well. So, Hutch, i got to ask, which, I mean, you've got all three quarter uh, running backs coming back this year. They're healthy. Um, Chase Hayden, Rakeem Boyd, and Devon Whaley. Of those three, which will have the biggest impact out of the three of them? I know uh, last year's a big question because Devon Whaley kept getting injured. Uh, Chase Hayden broke his, I think, broke his leg, wasn't it, early in the season? A couple uh, of years ago. It was a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So which which one of those three? Now that they've we've got that stable back, which one of those three would have the biggest impact going into into the season? I think as long as he stays healthy, Rakeem Boyd is the guy. Uh, he has, I believe, all SEC caliber potential. Uh, and that's not to say he's going to be an all SEC back because this league has lots of really good running backs. But he showed in the, the middle six games last year that he was capable of being a very, very good running back. I mean, he was the first Arkansas player with 100 yards rushing against Alabama since a guy named Darren McFadden. You may have heard of him. So. Uh, anytime you can do something that the last guy to do it was Nate McFadden, uh, I think that shows you you're, you're pretty good. Just his problem was is he just couldn't get healthy. Uh, he <clears throat> he just couldn't get to where he could finish games. I mean, if he had stayed healthy against Ole Miss, Arkansas probably wins that game uh, and probably wins it comfortably. 
Uh, of course, you could say that about, you know, Devall Whaley staying healthy that game, Ty Story staying healthy that game. But Rakeem going down when he did, I think he had like a hundred and some odd yards in the first quarter. Yep. I mean, he yep. was on pace to break all sorts of records. So he just he just couldn't stay healthy. So I think he'll he'll be the dude as long as he is is, is good to go. I'm just not 100% sure if he can – Make it through a four, all four quarters and, and all twelve games. I think that's the, the biggest thing with him. Biggest concern with him is just durability. Well, and I guess my question too is when I know when Morris came in, his big talk was he wanted you know a two three headed monster at the running back position. So you think that obviously less you know less contact on Boyd will help, but uh, I mean you think that's going to make a big difference to keep Boyd healthy and keep him rolling, uh, you know, at that level. Yeah, I think so. It'll help. I mean, I think Devall Whaley is a, a very good second-team running back in the SEC. Uh, I don't know if he would be a great featured back. Uh, I don't know if he would be like a 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, maybe if you put him behind the offensive line of 2015 or something like that. Uh, but he is a capable second-team guy. I mean, his freshman year, I think he was the number two guy with Raleigh Williams, and he gained six or 700 yards as the backup. Uh, so he, he is definitely capable, and uh, if he can just you know stay healthy as well, that would take some carries off of Boyd. Because I don't think Boyd is an every-down bat uh, just because of those durability concerns and just the way he is. I, I just don't think he is an every-down guy. And then maybe you mix in somebody, whether it be a, a Chase Hayden or uh, you know T.J. Hammonds is back. You know he's an electric guy. Uh, maybe have some special packages packages for him. You know Monte Spivey, he's another guy where. As long as Boyd and Whaley and Hammonds and Hayden, if, as long as they stay healthy, I don't think you burn his red shirt, uh, even if he is maybe a little bit better than Hayden or Hammonds. If he's like the number three guy, you don't want to burn him if you're only going to use him for a couple of carries a game. Uh, I think you, you let him play in four games, uh, get his feet wet, let him get some experience there. Uh, and then save him. But, I mean, I saw him play in, in high school last year, made the trip to Alabama, I think it was for the Auburn game, and uh, had a chance to see him. And he was, he was phenomenal, I thought, and played for a very good program there in the state of Alabama. And I think he's uh, a very good running back uh, for years to come. Uh, but I just don't know if you burn his red shirt if you're only going to give him maybe, you know, 24 to 36 carries for the season. So right. uh, that's something else I'm watching as well, is just how they're going to make that running back rotation work uh, this fall camp. So last year, and I've always this has always been interesting to me, last year some of the players kept saying that it was the turf, you know, injuries were more prone on the turf rather than natural grass. Now that, we've, now that Razorback Stadium is going to that natural grass, will that keep them – more healthy or healthier um, versus the turf that they've had in the in the past. And did you watch that grass <laughs> grow, Andrew? Yes, yes. Uh, you got to love the the grass growing video. Um, but uh, you know, I, I really don't know how much of an impact the the grass versus turf makes. That takes someone someone much smarter than me, someone who went to school for you know eight years or something to become a doctor would probably be able to better answer that. But you know, just from my experience. Uh, uh, you know, very low level playing, you know, high school uh, and everything. You know, I, I, I enjoy playing on turf just because you didn't get super muddy and you get, uh, like, I was a wide receiver, so I wanted to keep my gloves clean and all that, you know, very prima donna type, you know. Uh, but just from a, a physical standpoint, the grass, it's always just fun to, to play on. 
Uh, I think it looks good. The grass does, and there's nothing better than you know walking onto a field and smelling the the fresh cut grass. You know the the you know how the saying goes. But uh, I really don't know how much of a difference it makes as long as the turf is new and not out of date. I think turf is is okay. I don't think injuries happen there. But if you get this really old turf, uh, you know, I remember at my high school, I went to Springdale High School. Uh, just down the road here in northwest Arkansas. And, and whenever I was in school, the turf had been kind of reached its max. I don't know if it's like 10 years or something like that. And you could definitely tell it was old and needed to be replaced. Uh, and, you know, it, it hurt when you got tackled on that. It almost felt like you were getting tack- tackled on, like, padded concrete. Um, but as long as it's up to date, which I think it was at, at Arkansas and, and down at War Memorial, uh, as long as it's new – or newer, then I think it's okay. But again, you're going to have to ask a doctor or some type of turf grass specialist to get a more educated opinion on that. So do we do we schedule Kansas in the future so Les can eat the grass? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would love to see Arkansas play Kansas in basketball. Uh, football, I think Arkansas fans would love to see a, a maybe a, a winnable game. But, you know, Les, that, that dude's weird. Uh, that's, a, that's a weird dude. I, I do miss him being in the SEC because he was entertaining, you know, when it came to SEC media days. He wasn't your typical coach speak kind of guy. He he was entertaining. Yeah, him and Jeff ought to get along real well up there. Before <laughs> exactly. after the, before after the sanctions that I've heard are coming down. Yeah, Missouri, <laughs> Kansas gets sanctions. That's, yeah. Oh yeah. How does that? Aren't you supposed to win to get sanctions? I uh, hey, the yeah. fighting. What, what were they called a few years ago? The fighting Mandingos or whatever. Mangino's. Mangino's yes. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> so Hutch, before we let you go. Which game, if you had to pick one, is the game to watch to see where this season heads? Is it the I've got the second game at Oxford in Vaught Hemingway Stadium against Ole Miss? Yeah, that's the easy answer. Uh, I could give you that and say, you know, that's you know, if they, if they win that game, a bowl game is still you know a possibility. Uh, but I'm still not quite sold on Arkansas being a six-win team. I'm still kind of got them pegged at the five and seven mark. You know, I think they'll get that SEC win. Uh, but being you know week two, uh, still got you're breaking in a, a relatively new quarterback. You got all these young players. You're on the road. Um, you know, I know Ole Miss is in a similar situation, uh, but it it's it's one that I'm picking Arkansas to lose, but it also wouldn't surprise me if Arkansas found a way to win that game. You know, another game that I think is, is very important and kind of in the game that I've kind of picked Arkansas to win is that Mississippi State game later in the year. Uh, don't know the date. I think it's in November. Uh, you know, I don't have a schedule in front of me, but it's a big one. It's right there before Western Kentucky. Uh, that, that's a game that's going to be huge. If, if they haven't won any SEC games up to that point, Arkansas's SEC losing streak will be 16 games, which is, Obviously, one shy of what it was back in 2013 when Arkansas finally beat uh, LSU and the fans stormed the field. But that game to didn't say it. Yep, 17 to nothing. 17th. Yep, 17 nothing. That number 17 team and beat them 17 nothing. I love the symmetry of that. Uh, but uh, that game is going to be huge against Mississippi State because the pressure is really going to be on Cat. I mean, at that point, you know, can he win in the SEC? And I, I really think. Chad's going to get a third year, but it would be really hard to keep a coach if he goes 0-8, 0-8 SEC play back-to-back years. So I think that the, the pressure would be on, and you can maybe build a little bit of momentum there because if you win that game, you win Western Kentucky, all of a sudden you're on a winning streak. 
And, uh, you know, who knows how you could finish against LSU and Missouri, uh, you know, depending on how those teams are doing at that time of the year. So uh, Mississippi State game is the one I've really kind of got circled on my calendar is that's going to be the really big game, and it could kind of be a, a big picture game as to, to what Chad's future is here at Arkansas. Well, Hutch, we are going to let you go. We will talk to you next week, my man. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Hutch. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Hutch. That was Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com. You can find him on Twitter at NWA Hutch. When we come back, we're going to jump right back into the schedule and get your thoughts. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State and Arkansas Sports Podcast. Zach and Steve here with you. All right. We're down to breaking the schedule down. And uh, we, we talked about Portland State, but this is where I think the season as a whole You'll find out where the, 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 the team is. It is this, this second game, September 7th, inside of Vaught-Hemingway Stadium in Oxford against Ole Miss. Okay, so who did you pick to win in game one, though? Ar- Arkansas. Okay, all right. So you got one. Yeah. I'm going to go Portland State. All right, so let's Traitor. Talk, let's talk about old Miss. I got to put the M in the other instead of the other letter there. Yeah, yeah, um, yep, yep. So. I, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, well, you know. So, so this game – Drives me insane because I hate everything about Ole Miss. I'm Did you go to the game last year? No, but I'm going to be there this year. Uh, we've got a good buddy that lives in Oxford. So we came – We went. I went to the game last year, and it was cold. It was rainy. Oh, it was so cold. Um, tailgated all day long in the mud. Um, broke up two fights, got swung on, and it connected into my head. But that's another story for I'll another time. We did go to that game because um, my son was done. One of the I – mean, there's so many things that went wrong in that game. I don't even know where to start. But the, the players, the, the Ole Miss players were playing dirty. You they were. T- that one, uh, he got shoved and it flipped backwards like 600 yeah. times. That, the, the, the dirtiness started way before that. So, yeah, I, I hate Ole Miss. We could just pass this and I could care less because I want it to be a win. Um, so, is it? A, are you picking Arkansas to win? I'm going to take – this is the SEC game. I think this is the one that takes us off the snide. So, pre-camp, yes, I'm going to say Arkansas gets this win. I think they're going to go down there and they're going to get this win. All right. I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to say that the streak against Ole Miss continues and they lose. Okay. Pre, pre-camp, I'm going to say that. Pre-camp, I'm going to based, – based on what we saw last year. Now, so, I know you can't say – you can't hinge everything on what you've seen in the past. I think you can with Ole Miss, though, because you got to think, Ole Miss – since everything went down, they've gone down year over year. They've gotten progressively worse. I don't see how this year is going to be any different. They haven't recruited any better. They're, they're recruiting, you know, on par with what we were doing a couple of years ago. So, in my opinion, Ole Miss is not a very good team. They got a lot of pieces they got to rebuild. I think it's it's early in the season. It's early in the season for us too. I think where we have the plus in this game is Ben Hicks. If he is the guy at this point, Ben Hicks knows one hundred percent of the offense. That's going to help us tremendously versus Ole Miss, who's breaking in a whole. Yeah, but the only question I have when it comes to Ben Hicks, as of right now, pre-camp, is can he make that jump from where is SMU? SMU, the American, isn't it? Yes. Can he make that jump from the American Conference, which is it's not a very tough conference. Can he make that jump from the American to the SEC? Because SEC, especially in the SEC West, can he? All year, no. I, I don't. I don't. I think the the speed catches up with him. I don't think Ole Miss 
Ole Miss, while they're going to be pretty good on defense, they're nothing like they were when they tried to play the Land Shark game. Um, but Ole Miss is just—I don't think their defense can, is going to be very good. Their their mascot is can, which one? Exactly. Which are they the, are they the Rebel, the Black Bears, or the the Land Sharks? They don't know. They have no idea. I so, mean, it's like that's like the Alabama schools. Are you all, are, are you you know War Eagle or Go Tigers? Yeah, but they win. So I guess they're allowed a couple. Yeah. Or, you know, go tide or cheer whatever laundry detergent that Alabama wants to be, but their mascot's a freaking elephant. elephant. Yeah, makes no sense. Maybe they eat Tide Pods. Their elephant eats Tide Pods. There you go. There you go. Their elephant eats Tide Pods. There you go. That's it. That's That's good. All right, so the next one is Colorado State in Fayetteville. I'm so looking forward to this game. Everybody knows. Should we call it a collapse or... It was a collapse. That's fair. It was a collapse. It wasn't the it wasn't the altitude. It wasn't all the other things. It so was, it was an absolute collapse. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, as a Razorback fan, hurt my feelings to be in Fort Collins and see that happen. But yeah. to watch it happen was probably one of the most amazing things to watch a fan base go from we suck to thank you for coming here and letting us letting us beat you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it was it was amazing. Well, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell on on, on my girlfriend. Um She's from Colorado, and you know she she watched the game with me. And uh, one of the things that she had said was that you have to get up there early. Of course, this is NCAA rules. You have to get up there early to get acclimated to the weather, the air, things like that. And then they actually put air tanks on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Now you see Colorado State; they used them a couple times. I did not see one Arkansas player at all pick up an oxygen mask and use it. Yeah, I don't remember that either. But, again, you don't have that kind of lead on that caliber of a program that hasn't won – they haven't won it at a good clip in a long time. Well, I think we were the first SEC win that they've gotten. Ever, yes. Yeah. And, and so you don't didn't – another, Didn't another team do get that on us? Wasn't there I'm another sure. team somewhere that – We gave up that punt return. Well, we'll get so, – no, I mean, This is no. just us in general. But, yeah. So, so – Colorado State. I am looking forward to this game because I met some really cool guys up there on our last trip. I owe them a lot of beer, so this is going to be a lot of fun. How much beer uh, are we talking? I don't remember, but it was a lot. He just kept going and coming back because there they could serve beer inside of the stadium. It was amazing. Well, that's that's another thing, and we'll get on that next week. But but we need to figure it out. That's another thing that we're going to touch on next week. So, so that was awesome. So that made the whole experience probably that much better. We didn't partake in partake in you know Colorado's other extra extracurricular activities on that trip, but we the did. Smoky Joes. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, when in Rome, right? So. Um, so I'm taking that as a win. I know I'm going out on this like Homer limb right now, but I'm going to say that's win number three. Colorado State is not a good program, and hopefully we've pulled our heads out of our rears, feel good over an old Miss win, and we take care of business here. Okay. See, I've got I've got us beating Colorado State. I think we're going to play with a chip on our shoulder. I think it's actually going to. It's not going to be as one sided as everybody thinks. No, no. It'll actually be competitive because once again we are a young team. Young. But I I'm think, gonna ban that word at some point. Wait till we get to basketball. <laughs> just, just wait. Ugh. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Story another day. Next one is San Jose State. That's. Do we even have to debate this? Are you gonna tell me it's a loss? Four now. Okay. okay. I've got three and one. Oh, yeah, you do. So uh, here's here time for the long pants here. All right. In Dallas against A and M, the Southwest Classic. We have not beaten A and M. Since they entered the conference, I was there. Wait, we have okay. So we've beat them. We beat them while they were in the Big Twelve. But That's since right. they joined the SEC, we have not That's beat right. them once. So the, the, the first year in Dallas, we beat them because we were there. That was a fun game. I think I still owe some A and M guys some beer. They're never going to get it. <laughs> um, dude, you, 
You owe everybody beer, don't you? I do. I do. That's never good. Yeah, well, it's part of life. So I don't see this being a win. This is where my Homer pants come off. And why don't we keep those on for a little bit? I'm behind a table. No one knows. Oh, dear. So, I mean, I don't see this being a win. I want it to be a win so bad. Um, I know that the, you know, Andrew talked earlier, the, the big, the big deal is, you know, everybody thinks this is the perfect time to throw Starkle out there. I think you're throwing Starkle to the wolves. If you throw him out. Well, of this game. And, and funny, you touched on that. What would be incredibly wrong with a Starkle versus Mond type thing? Because why else would I mean it would be it would be almost the Cinderella story, you know? Starkle knows these players that he knows the defense, he knows how that offense runs. He could give a valuable insight. He absolutely could. But does that change how well our offensive line is going to play in that game? No. Um, doesn't change how well our defense is going to play in that game. Again, that game is always ends up looking – it always ends up a toss-up for whatever reason in that stadium. It was like last year we were, what, one touchdown away from either tying it or winning? It's every year. Or we're the, winning it. The last fourth quarter – in, the, in the, the last, what, like two minutes of the fourth quarter, we were down by seven, and then he throws that interception uh, – Ty Story throws that interception – if football was three quarters long, Arkansas might be undefeated. Be pretty close. Oh, oh I wish. <laughs> oh, I wish. So, so I, I'm going with loss. That's my first loss. Four and one. Okay. Um, I don't. That one's still a toss up for me. Oh, we gotta have a. No, you got You gotta. I'm, I'm going. I'm going. to come back to it. Uh, let me come. Uh, let me give it a loss. Screw it. I'll give it a loss. All right. So you get a bye week after that. And then you roll in the Lexington, the big blue. Now, here's the kicker with that. If we played Kentucky last year, we'd lose. But they don't have Josh Allen, and they don't have um, Benny Snell. Benny Snell. Okay. So there's two players on both sides of the ball that could have a profound difference coming into this year. And one side of the ball was the only reason Kentucky was good last year, and that was on the defensive side. That team... That offensively, they were atrocious. As good as Benny Snell was, they were atrocious on offense. So if they're still that bad, I can't see how their defense could be better. They lost the best player pretty much in the country on defense. Yeah. And now you're walking – I'm not going to pick this one yet. I'm going to give this one a minute because this, this is my toss-up. I actually have a harder time with this one than I do Missouri – I mean, than I do with Ole Miss. See, I, I've got us winning this one. I've got us winning this one. I mean, I feel like this is me playing the Homer pants back on, but, and I, I plan to be at this game. So, because this is one of those bucket list stadiums, not stadium, bucket list stadium, but what's the name of their stadium now? I've heard two different ones. We're, we're going to go just because we're trying to hit every stadium in the SEC. See, that's what I want to That's what I want to do. And we've, we've hit several. Is it Kroger Field? Is that? I okay. I have no idea. We can look it up. I, I don't know. But either way, I don't think their home field advantage counts for anything. Um, no, not. I mean, if you're you're lucky, you're going to get 25,000 people. Absolutely. So, I, to me, I, I'm going to give this the fifth. Pre-camp, this is win number five. Now, the last the last week before the season kicks off, we'll go through this, through this again because camp will be over. We'll be ready. We'll have the depth chart. I want to see how the difference. At, well, yeah. It, you know what? There's probably people that are listening to this right now that are going – are you an idiot? Like, we can't listen to this. This guy's a homer. Five and one after six. Okay, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, in I mean. Weeks. We'll I mean, break down the whole schedule again. I mean, we're not going to pump sunshine. We're just going to call it like uh, it is. Uh, yeah. 
hey, I have hope right now. I may not have hope in three weeks. We're close. That's all I'm going to say. Don't We're close. smile. <laughs> it's a great state of Alabama program. <laughs> hey, speaking of, that's where we're getting to next. Yeah, okay, so Alabama. here's the cool part about this year's schedule. It's different than the last couple of years. You don't have that nitty-gritty, hey, we're going to play three cupcakes, or as we call three – I don't know how you, you – most teams would say cupcakes, but – Three winnable games. Three winnable games. But when you're the cupcake, I mean – Yeah, and then you get you jump right into that – remember for the last couple of years it was, you know, three non-Power 5, and then it was Auburn, A&M, Alabama, bam, 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 right? right? Back right. to back to back. You don't have that this year. For some reason they've gone to two bye weeks – Player safety? I don't know. Maybe so. Uh, that's a pity win. Hey, at least two. we can't lose that one. <laughs> we, well, <laughs> we're, not, we're not there yet. But yeah. you roll in and you get, uh, I believe it's Auburn inside of Razorback Stadium. Yep. And, and Malzahn, the story there, the Gus bus. See, I feel like this entire time we've been talking about every team that I hate, because and hate's a strong word, that I do not like. And I do not like Auburn. They're my least favorite team in the well, SEC. Because uh, uh, Gus Malzahn basically used Arkansas to get a better contract from Auburn. Man, we could go down a road right now. Don't do it. Mal- don't do Malzahn it. Malzahn is not. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm happy where we landed outside of what we ended up. With. I'm, oh. happy, I'm happy we ended up with Chad Morris. So I'm, glad, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm whether or not results end up what we want them to be. I don't. Anyway. Malzahn is not my favorite person. I can't stand him. I can't stand his offense. I didn't like him when he was here to start. That that's me. You know, hey, whatever. Fair enough. I mean, so, but saying that, you're not wrong. I mean, Auburn's going to beat us. I just hope it's not sixty to nothing. But Auburn's going to beat us, and I don't even think they're that good. But they're going to beat us, and we're going to be five and two. All right. So this is all pre-camp, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to agree with you. I think I think Auburn's a loss. And then we're going to go to Mississippi State because we're not even going to talk about the next week. Yeah. So, uh, so going into Mississippi State, we're going to be. Fun. But I am going to ask. I am going to ask this. I'm not going to ask if it's a win loss. I'm going to just say how bad does Alabama beat us? Okay, I think that's important. I actually think that's extremely important on the way the season goes. I don't think that game. Nobody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody feels Alabama's going to kill us, and rightfully they should. They're they're the they're the the A plus 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 program in the. In, I've always in right now. you know I've always said that as long as as Nick Saban is drawing a breath and is standing on the sideline at the University of Alabama, there may not be somebody who can beat him. No. No, I mean, and not consistently, I don't think. No. You'll see teams. I mean, Clemson right now is the closest thing to it. Um, um, a, well, I, I've got to disagree with you on that one. I've, I, there are two teams that I know that could probably stand a chance. I don't know. You'd have to get lucky against them. But right. But A&M and LSU might have. It depends. LSU is a bigger if than A&M. Well, now, if we're talking about beating them this year, yes. Because LSU is going to be a good club. a and going to be on a consistent basis. You get, I mean, A&M has to hope they're paying Jimbo a ton there's, of money. There's nobody that can, in the SEC right now that can consistently beat Alabama. No, no, not in the SEC. That's what I'm saying. Clemson is about the closest thing to consistency that can beat Alabama. But I, I, and, and we'll get into that you know, later on in the, in the season as far as you know, matchups in the postseason and things like that. But I'm just, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of seeing Alabama-Clemson. Give it to yeah. somebody else. Yeah, I mean, but beat them. I mean, beat them. Beat them in recruiting and beat them on the field, and you won't see them anymore. I want to ask a question, and we can we can jump into this topic at another time. But think about this for a minute: how well he Nick Saban is recruiting at Alabama. Why couldn't he do it at LSU? It's a good why, question. Why couldn't he do it consistently at LSU? That that it's a fair question. I don't know. I don't know why he couldn't have done it consistently at LSU. 
I mean, what is the difference? Because before he went to Bama, they weren't much. No. I mean, well, I mean, you had uh, uh, Mike, uh, Mike, who, oh, Shula. Mike Shula, yeah. And that was rough. So, I mean, yeah, but we ended up beating him, and that was the last time we beat him was in 06. With, right. And their kicker couldn't kick the broadside of a barn. Yes. But then you have Nick Saban, and all of a sudden, Alabama's relevant again. Yeah, but again, you Saban already had that. He 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 already had that aura about him. He already had that success at LSU. He, he's you know he didn't do well in the NFL, but then comes back and has an opportunity at the most prestigious program in the SEC. I mean, realistically, what we think about, and so it's almost a, it's almost an unfair situation. Now, why he couldn't do it at LSU? I don't know. I don't know why he couldn't duplicate the consistent different time. times of football. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Maybe it was just the different that, that different time frame. So, back, so so my reason that I think this game is important is because I think if this team goes in and gets just absolutely handed a humongous loss, you you lose you know fifty two to six, fifty two to seven, something right. like that, or ten. I think that looks really bad. Um, I think that could really set. It's late in the season anyway. It's already a you know a later part. And of I think this isn't this the latest we've played Bama as of late. I would, I would think so because usually it's early in October. Yeah, it feels like it's always closer to the end of September, early October. Yeah. So maybe so. I, I just I just think from a from a confidence standpoint, you know, I mean, we as fans feel like that's a loss no matter what across the country. Everybody's going to call that a loss if you go in and get beat by forty. That's a loss that these that the that the these these that this players will feel. Yeah. So well, I mean, last year was a loss, but we laid the most points on them. Yeah. Till till Clemson. Til Clemson, right? So I mean, it's it's and that's that's big. And again, what this offense looks like at that point is important. Who's the starting quarterback? Hey, you know, Starkle may walk in there and and do really well and 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 put us in a position to at least keep it close. Again, not a win, but. I think we have to keep that game close to keep momentum going. If, oh, yeah. If, if we're where I, I think we're going to be. At this I agree. Point. You can't get beat by 40 in that game. Then you turn to Mississippi State, Joe Moorhead, and the Bulldogs. They don't have Nick Fitzgerald. So, I'm just going to go and chalk it up to a win. I mean, I, I it depends. I, let, me, let me preface that with saying it depends on where the team mindset is when you're coming off of a loss at Alabama. Yeah, and I don't think that I think I don't think that's going to be as big. And again, unless it's a forty or fifty point loss, and, and you and you've lost more games than we're talking about here, it makes a difference. I don't think we beat Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State finds a little bit of rhythm late in the season. Um, they've got a lot of build, rebuilding to do. But I, and Moorhead's a good coach. We'll see if he can duplicate it in the SEC. He comes from a guy that knows what to do in the SEC and how to win. So I think he can come here and, and have success at Mississippi State. Um, and I think. While they're probably rebuilding at a level we are, they're probably a little set up a little better than we were for this year. Yeah. So they've got they've got pieces. It's a game that I think is going to be a popular pick. I think Andrew picked it earlier, so it's a really popular pick. Yeah. That he said that was the game that will tell where this team is. Yeah, and I agree with that. I I I agree. It's a close loss. I don't think we win. I don't think we win. I don't think we get blown out. I think it's a close loss, and I think we see that you know both both programs are headed in. We'll see the direction both programs are headed in at that point. Um, But I think I think that's a close loss. So then you have one of the other two games that I think is circled. Former Arkansas quarterback Ty Story and Western Kentucky come to Razorback Stadium. So on face value, this game is boring. 
yeah. face value, it's like Western Kentucky. This is one of those four. You you should win. You have to win this game, right? Yeah, the so, connection is this is where former Arkansas head coach Bobby Petrino went. That's right. And now Ty Story could potentially be the starting quarterback when that game comes. It's a four-way out. quarterback battle right now. Uh, we'll see. It, For the, what are they, the Hilltoppers? Yes, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. I just... Anyway, that that sounds so intimidating. Yeah, that, I'm 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 really concerned for Ty Story's health in that game, to be honest. So, I'm taking the win. How would the the, the one thing I, I'm I'm interested in he, in watching is how how hard the defense actually hits Ty Story if he starts. <laughs> They've waited how many years? Well, in practice, it you're told not to hit the quarterback. Exactly. They've waited all this time. To now you're facing one of your old teammates. That's right. Are you going to lay him out? I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, I would. Why not? You 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 left for greener pastures and and hoping that Western Kentucky's your spot to give you another opportunity. So good luck because you're going to face our defense that hopefully will have a really good defensive line that can hurt him in that game. Not hurt. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. That will that will impact him in that game because we don't want to see anybody hurt. But will impact him in that game negatively and throw five or six interceptions and we walk out of that game. I think I think we get in his head. Yeah, absolutely. So the last two games you got a bye week on the 16th, and then the last two games is at LSU for the Golden Boot in Baton Rouge, and then in Little Rock for uh, the Battle Line rivalry. Now. Do you split these and go one and one? Well, to me, LSU is a loss. I can't stand those corn dogs, but they're going to beat us. Um, and I, I don't even know that that game will be close. Um, I think Joe Burrow takes big steps in, at the quarterback position for LSU. And it's hard for me to give any quarterback at LSU any credit for anything because it's been so long since they've had somebody that I was like, oh, wow, okay. So – Maybe it's maybe it's different this year. Maybe this is the year that they figured out. Maybe Burrow is good. I don't know that he's going to be the the major difference. And I think their defense is going to be yeah. incredible. That's the I, that was the other key to the game. Is, their is defense, the defense. Will, will shut us down? And and I hope not. But I I just that's my feel at this point. Yeah, that's the only way you can't feel. I don't. Think but it's, it I, to me, I just hope it's competitive. I do too. I do too because I hate that game. I you, you know, know if if we go in and we lose by three, we lose by seven. Heck, if we even lose by fourteen, I mean, I'll be okay with that. That's the key to the season. So we're sitting here throwing some Homer pants on, pumping a little sunshine. Or I am. Well, not really. I think I've lost every game since. But that's the key to the season. If this team goes out and gets run by 20, 25 points every game, then Chad Morris may not be the head coach in year three. But if this program goes out and they they show some fight and they show some 10, 14 point losses in games like this. Okay, then maybe we can maybe we can ride another couple of years in this thing. And I'm 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 almost I'm almost betting money that Arkansas will be the unranked going against against every ranked opponent in yes. the SEC. I think they'll all be ranked by the time we play them. They'll be ranked somewhere in the top twenty five, which leads me to the SEC teams in the top twenty five. We're gonna cover that right after this. Inside the Natural State on Arkansas Sports Podcast's final segment. Okay, so, top 25. Oh, crap, he jumped in front of me. Did you see that? SEC program. I'm in trouble. I'm jumping all over this one because I'm ready to get this. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So, as we come into this, so let's see. What do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams ranked, right? Which I think is one too many, but I'm going to see if you and I think on the same page. 
Well, all right, let's start. I'm just going to start at the top. Bama, too, that makes – I mean, I get it. That's I'm, I have no issues with that. Bama's where – I'm, I'm actually surprised they're not number one. I am, too, but Clemson's had them. Clemson's had their number. Give it. Give it, it, it was so pretty watching them. Give and Clemson's it. recruited a little better. So, I mean – Watching Clemson destroy Alabama last year in the national championship game was the prettiest thing I think I have ever seen. Anytime you can see a Bama, a Bama fan humbled, it's a it's – a At one point, I thought Nick Saban – the vein in Nick Saban's head was going to pop. That might have been our chance to get him out of the league. Oh, well. <laughs> So, for Georgia, any argument there? Um, The Sugar Bowl loss to Texas, they're collapsing. I mean, look at the last couple of years with Georgia. They've, they've, they've choked in the SEC title game in the last couple of years. They choked in the national title game two years ago, okay? They choked in the Sugar Bowl against Texas. I mean, pregame, Bevo or Bifo or the bull or whatever, that the cow, <laughs> went after the dog. That's right. If that's not, you know, uh, irony, I don't know what is. I think they're ranked a little too high for, for the, the issues they've got going on right now. Um, I can buy that. It, I, it, you've got, what, Fromm in the backfield still? Yep, yep. So I, I can buy that. I, I, I can see. I, I don't think they're – I think they're a top-five team to start the season. Will they finish there, which I guess is the point in this. But will they finish in the top five? I don't know. Um, the East is – I mean, what's the East? Is there anything good in the East? I don't know where they're going to stumble in the East. Missouri? I mean. Maybe if you're lucky, but I don't. Florida? Florida's, Florida's, Florida's South, South Carolina, Carolina, maybe. I, I don't. Oh, I, I the that. East, I mean, you preseason and, and pre-camp and all that, you really can't tell where the East is going to be until probably about game three or four. Agreed. Okay. So, LSU, Georgia, do we flip them then? Because you got LSU at seven. You think LSU is the better program than Georgia right now? On paper? Yes. Okay. So LSU now whether the, now whether that translates on the field, it's a totally different story. Yeah, I agree with that. But on paper, LSU's by far is better better team. Okay, statistically and everything else on paper. All right, so really we probably, we probably feel that should be flipped. Yeah, like LSU oh, ahead yeah. of Georgia right now. Florida, where does Florida pop into the top ten right now? How does that I, happen? I don't I don't know who's smoking what, but I want a little bit of it. Yeah, I'm. I don't. Where does that come from? I mean, I, what did they finish last year? I don't even. That's how we beat them. In the last couple of years, right? Like, I just – how does Florida end up in the top ten right now? Dan Mullen. But what's he done to prove that they're a top ten program? Half, I think half their players ended up in prison or whatever, or transferred out or – I'm just I, – I'm, I'm, I'm lost on that one. I don't – I think that's, that's way I, up I, there. If they are – if they should be ranked 20 through 25 maybe. And that's being generous. Yeah. I, but – I just don't – Eighth – yeah, I don't. I don't see where that top ten rank. Okay, I don't. I, I disagree with that one hundred percent. I'd almost put. I'd almost put A and M in that slot. I can I see that they deserve. They've recruited yeah. at a much higher level. Yeah, without a doubt. I'd put A and M. I'd put A and M at eighth instead of Florida. Where did does it, where did Florida? I'm supposed to look this up for next week. Where Florida ended up finishing in recruiting rankings because it's just it's mind blowing to me that they're number eight. Anyway, A and M at eleven. Think they should be a little higher? They're a little bit higher. I, I would put them ahead of uh, now between Florida and A and M. You've got Texas and Notre Dame. I would put. I'd, I'd actually have A and M above Notre Dame. Okay, yeah, so I'd, I mean, I'd put them. I'd put them at the nine spot. Notre Dame is ten. How does that happen every year? They're Notre Dame. They don't play they anybody. They're not even good. in a conference. But they haven't even been that good. But it, it all comes money. down to money. This is true. Money is a big part of it. Auburn, our best friend Gus, is he too high at seventeen or too low? Mm, that's a tough one. Auburn is 
I think they're way too high. I, I don't. I don't think they're worth the 17 spot. I don't even think they're a top 25 team right now. I think. I think I'd put them at like 27. Yeah, they don't have a quarterback. Who's their quarterback going to be? I they, They've got. So did they bring a grad transfer in? They've. I can't remember. Is they've got a Stidham, Stidham's freshman. gone, right? Stidham's in the NFL. Well, he's. Trying. He's on a practice squad. Yeah, yeah. So. So you got you got the freshman coming in who's supposed to be their next savior. Um, so I, I don't know I don't know who's now defensively they're going to be ridiculous. That they're going to be they're gonna yeah. be insane. Their defensive line scares the crap out of me. Yeah. So and that's where they're going to that's where they're going to win games. But Gus and the Gus bus it can't run. On I the, I honestly think the wheels are going to come off and they're going to drop rapidly. Well, I hope so, and I hope we beat them. I hope we're the beginning of the last wheel that falls off for the Gus bus. That would be fantastic. I'd have to look at Auburn, and I'm going to look at Auburn's schedule for next week uh, before we get to next week, and okay. I'm going to see where the wheels actually start to fall off. And then number 23. You're smoking weed if you have Missouri at 23. Meth Zoo at number 23. How does that happen? How? They don't have anybody. What? Kelly Bryant, though. Whoop He's their savior. Whoop-de-freaking-doo. He's going to be our savior. Kelly Bryant will not be the starter when he come to Warren no. Stadium. No. That's what I say. No. Kelly Bryant will not. Kelly Bryant will be benched by the time they get to Little Rock. I'm with you on that. I don't, okay. I don't think he's going to be there. Whether it's he throws a temper tantrum because he's not, you know, they're not winning games. He starts pointing fingers. It just, I don't see him. I, I just, I don't see it. So do him and do him and that uh, that 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 other guy that's whose name won't be mentioned? Do they just uh, do they just stop playing together? Are they on the bench together? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean, think about it though. Okay, you have a you're, you're sixteen and two. You've got a national championship under your belt, and you let a freshman. You let a freshman come in. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Trevor Lawrence, outstanding quarterback for for Clemson. But you had the same situation happen at Alabama, and what did Jalen Hurts do? Yeah, he, he fought and fought and stuck right there. But by. he stayed and he taught Tua right. everything he knew. That's right. I would not be I would not be like this if Kelly Bryant did the same thing for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean Kelly Bryant, again, that's that is not the definition of a team player. No. You 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 jet on your team. And here's where I'm confused on it and why I don't think he's gonna be successful in Missouri. I know that they hope that he can go up there and replicate the passing success that other quarterbacks have had at Missouri over the last few years. He does, in my opinion, I, in my opinion, don't count for a whole lot, folks. But in my opinion, I don't think that his skill set fits what Missouri wants to do. And I think that's going to be his downfall. I know that's why he went there, supposedly. That's the talk. He went there because he wanted to, uh, he wanted to, to get better in the passing game. I don't see it. I don't think he's going to get – it, the problem is I don't think tool-wise he has the tools to be successful there. The only thing he's got going for him right now is – Eyeballs. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what he needs, but I don't know. To get dra- he's trying to improve his draft stock. That's it. Well, the, the one thing for Missouri. It's not It's not for it, – he can't get a ring. No, they're, well, they can't. They're in a bowl band. <laughs> they're going to be in a bowl band, and that's not getting overturned. So, but it's – yeah, it, it, that's big. That's a big part of it. I don't I don't see what kind of eyeballs he's going to get on him there um, because I don't – Not in Missouri. Gonna, I think he'd have had it. Now, I'm – I don't think we'd have gotten a Ben Hicks or Nick Starkle if he'd have come here. Well, no, we might. Or, have or uh, um, who's the the quarterback out of Mississippi that's coming? Oh, KJ. KJ. Yeah. I don't think you get those three. I think KJ comes regardless. KJ's not going anywhere, and I liked what I heard about. It. That's a whole other topic. But boy, he looks special, man. Okay. So one. So we went through the SEC. That's your top twenty-five right. in the SEC. I have one. I think we might have the same one. Okay. Give me one top twenty-five team, not SEC or not, that just you look at it and go, how do they belong? Nebraska. Nebraska agreed. What? What? Where in the, and at number twenty two? Where? What? Nine tw- twenty. Yeah, we're at number twenty. Yeah, 
What? What? Yeah, because they weren't good last year. I don't think the Scott Frost effects makes that much of a difference. I did find it ironic that UCF is one spot ahead of them. I thought that was kind of funny. So you're you're you mean the champions. yeah the, the national champions of what? Yeah. Two Twenty years yeah two years ago yeah two years ago national champions. How does that work out for them? I don't think they got any money from it. I don't no. think it's worked for them. I don't think they so. didn't get any of that playoff money for sure. Now who's looking at the top twenty five? Who's the one team you thought would be in that isn't? Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at that a little harder to know. I'm not real sure. I have to look and see the finish from last year. I mean, I know USC struggled, but that's a program that you always expect to see in the top 25, um, even though they've struggled over the last few years. They've got enough talent. The one team I'm looking for is the number six slot, Michigan. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Harbaugh, does he get over the hump? I, I'm, I'm, he's been on the cusp. But does he does he get over the hump this year? Here, here the one plus is Urban Meyer's gone, which so is they're still they, ranked at number three. They are, and they're going to be ranked that way until they start losing, and, and, and they may not. I don't know. I don't. But with Urban gone, that could open up some things for Harbaugh to really kind of get over that hump, as you said. I think there's a there's a good I think that gives him that. an inside door to Ohio. Well, yeah, absolutely. To recruit, think, yeah, absolutely, it does. So. But, uh, no, I mean, uh, and this is going to change very rapidly. I mean, you're going to have teams come up. You're going to have teams fall out. Team, last question before we wrap this baby up. What's the one team, if you're looking at top 25, after week one, either falls a, 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 a lot or falls completely out? Mm. Probably Missouri. Who do they open with? Who does Missouri open with? Do we know? Didn't it? Isn't that the one school in the SEC that didn't have anybody show up to their spring game? Yeah, it was like nothing. <laughs> I, I mean, I would, but Missouri's so far. I mean, twenty three, you lose one, you're out anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look at the schedule of some of these guys. I mean, Penn State. I don't know who they open with. You've got some other folks that are up there. Oregon. I mean, who does Oregon have this year? Yeah. They bring Justin Habert back, which was strange. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, Missouri's the one that jumps out to me, but I have to see who these guys open up with too. So, well, that's going to do it for Inside the Natural State and Arkansas Sports Podcast. We'll be back next week.